This episode is sponsored by Podcorn. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities such as hosts, read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. With Podcorn, there's no middleman. Podcasters of all audience sizes can browse and choose opportunities right from one platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly. I first heard about Podcorn while listening to a podcast late last year, and as soon as I got our first episode up for our podcast, I went to podcorn.com to check it out. And I go to their website about once a week just to see because there's always different sponsorships available. So if you have a podcast or are thinking about starting a podcast, then I want to encourage you to visit their website at podcorn.com. Again, that is podcorn.com. So Natalie, what is it? Podcorn.com. Not popcorn. Not popcorn. I, I said podcorn. Podcorn, yes. Podcorn.com. So check you, out. You heard popcorn. Check out podcorn.com. All right. Welcome to Force of Light Entertainment, where we talk all things Star Wars, DC, Marvel, and anything that excites us. I'm your host, Michelle, and with me is my co host, my sister, Natalie. Hello, everyone. Happy Father's Day to the dads out there. Yes, happy Father's Day. Uh, This is episode 31. Nice. And if you have not yet, we encourage you, as we always do, to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and give us that coveted five-star review. Five stars and a review. A great review. Yes, yes. Do an awesome review. That, That would be wonderful for us. But anyways... We are, oh, we also have a big announcement to announce. We, are, well, we? something we're excited about. Yes. Okay. We are planning next week, hopefully, as long as our schedules work, we plan on next week uh, being able to have an episode with Josh and Adam from A Certain Point of View podcast. Yay. Yes, they will be with us to discuss the Marvel movies, the Adventure or Avengers, Infinity War, and Endgame. Very nice. So we thought we would have a awesome team up for that to discuss that team up movie. So be on the lookout for that because it's going to be fun to discuss that movie with them. So be on the lookout. But this week we are going to be heading back to Hawkins, Indiana to discuss the Netflix, I think it's Netflix's biggest show. I think that's pretty proven at this point. That's true. So we are going to be discussing Stranger Things. So join... Let's go back to Indiana yeah, circa 1983. Let's go back to the 80s. <laughs> and let's so join the conversation and let's talk some Stranger Things. There we go. Who doesn't love that that theme music? <laughs> Honestly, it's some of the music that makes my ears the most excited. Well, sometimes they laugh at me, her, or like my, my sister-in-law or even brother. I think people laugh because I really enjoy a lot of themes. And that, that's I, one I do really And enjoy. I will play, I really, I, so many people, you have the skip forward option. I never hit the skip forward option because I enjoy the theme. It's part of the experience. But for Stranger Things, everyone's got to appreciate that theme. Was so that, good. That theme song. It just, it gets you in the, it gets you in the mental zone for the, the TV show. 
But yeah, so I figured since there are three seasons, since we're late to the ballpark with this podcast as far as those already being out, we would just, oh, and I've got my, my scrunchie on because that was the closest thing I had to the 80s. So nice. got, got my scrunchie on like Max and 11. I guess my hair is always kind of 80s. A little bit. I don't know. Big. It's not. It's not quite the '80s big though. I think. True. I think There's you, a different level. Yeah, of there big. is. Uh, you gotta get the Farrah Fawcett type look. It's which, true. Which they got the hairspray, which you know, that Steve and Dustin. Yeah. Let us know about. So we need to get that. So then we can truly have the '80s hair. <laughs> but yes. So since we'll since there's three seasons, we're not gonna break this down. Uh, episode by episode or season by season. So we're just going to have more of a topical discussion on this show that I know is one of my, if not my favorite shows and probably Me yours too. too. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it. it's just an incredible show. So yet again, I said this last week, there's kind of a pressure when you love something so much, you want to make you sure wanna do it justice. you do, you want to do it justice because as I said last week, with talking about the dark Knight, And I said, that's the gold standard of comic movies. In my opinion, I think Stranger Things has set a new bar and a new standard for television. Truly. Because this is truly incredible, awesome television. So we'll just break, we'll just kind of, like I said, discuss this topically. And, you know, first, Natalie, just any general thoughts, and, and I'll start and then you can go. Okay. I really love, you know, this show truly has. Well, the 80s is really a character. Like, it is. It is. They like, capture it so well in the show. They, it truly feels, and I, I mean, we're having to base this off of movies and stuff and, and pictures because we're 90s kids. Yeah. I mean, I was born in 87, but, you know, seeing, I don't remember the 80s. Yes. But, and ever, everyone who was around the 80s, yeah. everyone agrees, though, that they have captured it so well. And it just truly feels 80s. And it, what I was going to say is it feels like you can tell that the Duffer brothers who created the show, you can tell that like Steven Spielberg was one of their, you know, the people they really looked up to. I think I've read that. They've said uh, that. They have. Yeah. Well, you can, it gets that vibe. It, it feels, it, you know, it kind of feels like E.T. or even Back to the Future in a way. Yes. Like it has that, the, that classic 80s feel and it just makes it special in my opinion. And uh, it is so much of a great show is the feel of the show. It well, it is. It's like we talked about back on our friends episode with Whit, our, my friend Whitney. Yeah, you know, all all different kinds of shows. Yeah, like, like that's a totally different show, but, but it if, has a feel. If you can create a, uh, this familiar feel that you want to go back to, yes, definitely. And Stranger Things, it's that that warm '80s, just that that feel of the small town, and it's it's just yeah, just they capture this incredible feel. And to me, there, what's awesome is there's really nothing else like it on television, which no. to me makes it very special because, I mean, maybe back in the 80s, you know, shows or, or when, when was the show, uh, gosh, that one show that's the strange thing. Why can't I think of it? I will tell you one thing that I actually read recently that kind of made sense to me. They're totally different in a way, but... I've tried to get Michelle, if you guys are Twin Peaks fans, okay. to watch Twin Peaks, and they were saying it kind of has a similar vibe. Is it Twin Peaks 90s? Yeah, it was like early 90s. Yes, um, but it does. It just has this this awesome, yeah, that vibe, that feel. Uh, and is there anything you want to say, your general thoughts? Because Natalie's actually, I'd seen it advertised when the first season came out, and I, for whatever reason, just click on it, and then Natalie's like, hey, you need to watch this show. 
Yeah, it, it hadn't been out long the first season, and I actually saw somebody on Instagram, uh, somebody I follow, say, I love the show or whatever. This is really good. And I think it was a couple months after they'd put it on Netflix, and so I checked it out, and it was just like, I... I was like, I love the show. It just had, like we've discussed, it had such a different feel, such an authentic 80s feel. The characters, the relationships, it just feels so authentic. Yeah. Uh, and it was just kind of immediately, and it was like refreshing to me because it was just like she said, there's nothing really else on television like it. It's just different kind of in, in a class of its own. Well, and it's different to have a show, especially starting with season one. The kids are so young. They are. But yet you're interested. And that's like what you're invested. Of, you are. You're very invested with these kids. And and that's why it's truly, we sound like we're a spokesperson <laughs> for Stranger Things at this point. We will be Stranger Things shill for the right price, guys. Yeah, <laughs> any day if you want to put the offer out here. But it's kind of, it's got somebody for everybody. You've it got, does. You've got the kids, yet it's not really a kid show. You've got sci-fi. You've got elements of horror. Um, it, then you've got Hopper and Joyce, which are awesome. I even love Mrs. Wheeler. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mike and Nancy's mom. So it's just, it's it's got a lot going for it. Yes. I, when I was trying it, when my mind went blank, what is the show? The Twilight, the Twilight Zone. I think just kind of the weirdness of that. Was that an 80s or 90s show? I think that was like a 50s show. Oh, it was before, <laughs> oh, we went way back with that. I mean, I think it's pretty old. But my point is, is it was the weird and the yeah. kind of that strange element that Stranger Things hits on. Uh, but, but sit too, something I want to say, we did a poll for reaching out to you guys on Twitter and I ask because there's definitely, in, from moving from season one to season two and three, I feel like each season has gotten more comedic. It has. And I, I we did a Twitter poll asking if they prefer the more, if you guys prefer the, prefer the more serious tone of season one or if you like the added humor. And 63% say you prefer the added humor than the, yeah. the more serious of of season one. I like it. I do too. I, I was a little on season three. There were sometimes like, um, I mean, it gets silly in season three. Yeah. At times. And there were like, even the background music, it was like, had more of a silly tone, you know, like the scene with Robin and Dustin and, uh, and Steve, you know, when they're, they're decoding that Russian thing, you know, and I thought, well, this is a little, you know, and at first I was mixed on it, but I grew to like it though. And I certainly like the dialogue, like humor. But even in that scene when they're decoding, it never feels too silly because then like, it, it's a very awesome moment when Robin begins to figure it out and she runs out to the mall and begins yeah. to piece everything together. So even when they add humor, I think they do it so well. And so it's still sparing. It's because yes. this, the show, that's what makes it so awesome. It is. It is such a mixture. It is. It's not any one thing. It's there's humor, there's horror, there's uh, love. There's, I mean, there's everything. So I think that's awesome. And I'll say this, just kind of my general thoughts before we move in. We'll begin to discuss kind of just kind of characters and you can bring up anything. But I'm getting a picture with you here, Shelly. There, there we go. But I say this because you all know that Star Wars is my number one thing. We got a Mandalorian side behind us. But if there's two pe if there's people that if I have my pick that I can write a check for and get to come develop something Star Wars, a Star Wars project, whether oh, yeah. whether a movie or series or t or TV series, 
I would pick the Duffer Brothers. They're awesome. Because clearly they're Star Wars fans. I, I don't need to yeah. ask that. That's obvious. The they, Star Wars references throughout Stranger Things. And you it just the show, like almost all Star Wars fans love Stranger Things. They just I, go together. Yeah, I thought that from season one. Like if you like Star Wars, you're gonna like Stranger Things. Yes. There's just kind of something. And I think at the heart of it too, it's a they're both sci-fis. Yes, but, but grounded. But grounded, but what really draws you in are the relationships. Yes. And the sacrifice and what they'll do for each other. And that's why you get so connected to the characters of the show. Well, and that's... Or what, in the Star Wars case, in the movies. And that's what I was going to say. Because I think that's what, you know, John Favreau's done a good job with The Mandalorian. But that's where I think... I would pick the Duffer Brothers for a project because we're about to move into characters the reason this show has become so beloved is not just the cool, weird things that happen or, Ele or Eleven's abilities, but it is the character development. Like, this show has incredible characters and incredible development of those characters to where they can even slowly kind of say in season three, stuff doesn't really truly begin to break loose until episode four. But you don't care yeah. because you're so invested in the characters that you just enjoy spending time. I'm with like, them. oh, what's what's Dustin been up to? Yeah, what's, uh, what have the gang what have the gang been up to? You know, it's like you just I love the characters. You do so so that's why I would pick them. But we'll move in now and begin to discuss these incredible characters. And I have to be honest, I've picked the first three I've picked are my top three favorite characters. And it's hard to pick your favorite characters on the show because they're all. It's kind of like we said about Friends. You, Such a great ensemble. You can't you can't remove any character. No, the show's not the same. Like this this truly is an ensemble, and every little even the characters like Mrs. Wheeler or like Murray who comes they, in. They add something. Oh, I love Murray. You couldn't, <laughs> but you can't think of the show without them. Yeah, and and what a testament to the character development when even these side characters that have not that much screen time you love. They, and they still fit make in. An, they make an impression. They do. So I mean, again, that's why I want the Duffer Brothers because they know how to develop characters kind of like no one else really, at even least our, from this show, including our sweet, lovable. Little Alexi. Yes, yes. Rest in peace, Maybe Alexi. Rest in peace. <laughs> but, but we'll move in. So my first character I've got, and these aren't my favorite in any particular order, but they are my favorite three. I started with, because it's Father's Day, I started with Jim Hopper, Sheriff Hopper. I love him. And Hopper, I think we've already discussed <laughs> him in previous episodes. He's just an incredible male character. He is. I mean, he's always... And, and I've got this on each three of the characters that I'm going to name off first. I the, the three that we're about to talk about first, I find have, in my opinion, have the best uh, character development. Yes. Because think of Hopper when you first meet him. Think of the character development from, se from the first I episode mean, wow. of season one to the end of season one. Quite, quite the change, quite the transformation. Yeah, he's like with a random woman, he's popping pills, drinking first thing in the morning. He's in a lot of pain. He's in a lot of pain, and we begin to find out why as the show goes on. And then he kind of seems like a guy who doesn't really care about his job. And then by the end of it, I remember in season one, I almost get emotional when they do the flashbacks of him remembering his daughter oh, as, he's gosh, going, yeah. as he's going to get Will. And you see why it means so much to him to find this kid. Like he, you know, he understands uh, her pain, Joyce's pain. I'm a parent losing a child, which I mean, I, I'm pretty sure most of us could agree that our parents, they're 
could be no greater loss. And and he's feeling that and trying to find Will and he's connected with Joyce and he's like, you know, I want to do this. And like she said, it becomes so important to him, it's clear. Yeah, and like you you could tell like he's willing to risk his life, like he's going to get this done. And that's what's just so endearing to this character. And then they added to that you know, by season two and you see that he secretly basically adopted Eleven. And And it's like, another great thing about Stranger Things in general is, I'm not going to say it's predictable. They give the fans what we want. They do. And let's be honest, we wanted our two favorites, Hopper and Eleven, we we want them together. So that was great. And and that's what I was going to say. The Duffer brothers, I don't know if they just pay attention to what the fans are saying, but I feel like every season... It's like season, they, they just know what we want. And I think they do listen some because it's like they saw people that liked The Lost Sister in season uh, two, so they went away from that storyline in season three. Like, they do seem to listen, and they, not in a way of giving us a fan fiction, but they find a way... To keep the show excellent and yet give us what they know we want more of. Like, we want more of Hopper and Eleven. We want more of Steve and Dustin. Yeah, and they keep giving that. So, so I, M- Mama Steve. You yeah, know. Daddy, Mama Steve, whatever you want to call him. He's the parent, basically. But but Hopper, I mean, anything else you Talk want? Talk about another great transformation. Well, we're, he, we're getting into Steve here in a second. But, I mean, anything else you want to say about Hopper? I mean, he's just so... And then in season three, like... Okay, I will say this. We're talking about Endgame, Infinity War and Endgame next week. That I knew Hopper wasn't dead at the end of season three. No body, no death. That's the type show we're in. Yes. And plus the show just fundamentally doesn't work without Hopper. Like he is the glue. He's the glue. Like he's that male aura that brings male audiences in. Like you have to have Hopper. And he's the adult. Like as an adult, you relate to Hopper. Right. So they had, I knew he wasn't dead, but... They played up the emotion of him reading that, that his voice reading that letter to Eleven <laughs> in such a way that I find it so much more, it resonated with me emotionally than, say, the end of Infinity War. Yeah, That got, you know, because we all knew they were coming back too. Right. But, but they just do such a great job with Hopper and anything you want to say from him in season one through three. Man, if I was thinking about it, there's a lot I could say. But, yes, his transformation and... Like, to this caring dad, ultimately, in season yes. three. Yes. I mean, and it's just so endearing to me, maybe even on a personal level, but that he just really takes her in, and it's clear how much he loves her yeah. and the attachment that he has to her and the bond that they build. And another thing I love about his character, and that's why I say it's like he's like a guy, like, you know, long-haul, like, relationship-type material... It's like he's the strong man and he's going to take care of stuff and he's going to get yeah. stuff done and he might be kind of short-tempered and, you know, mouth off sometimes. Sometimes my spirit animal <laughs> is Jim Hopper in season three. Like always on the, just deeply kind of aggravated. <laughs> One of my favorite lines of season three with Mike, there's nothing wrong with man. <laughs> yeah, it, it genuinely made me laugh. I cracked up. Uh, but, you know, it's like he, and he cares about those kids. And I feel like, and somebody I think has even pointed this out, but he's kind of... If you notice on the show, there's not a lot of great father figures. I'm not sure if they made yeah, the point. Yeah, because Mr. Wheeler's especially bad. <laughs> he's just kind of asleep all the time. And it's kind of like he's this father figure to all of them in some ways. Yeah. He kind of becomes. And it's just like one scene that sticks out. What I'm saying is it's like he's this gentle giant. Like Mike is upset. And yeah, starts, in season two. And he starts throwing punches at Hopper, you know. And, and Hopper just like, he just takes it and then he just hugs him. You know, and then Mike just kind of collapses into him and just cries 
And that's kind of, you know, part of, I'm just saying it's like what I love about his character. Like, it's like he's strong, but he's kind and compassionate. And so just yeah. a... Just a great guy. And, yes. And we have to talk about Stranger Things at another point because there's just so much to discuss with the so show. So much to go over, yeah. But so we'll move in. Hopper is just an incredible character and can't wait. And we already know they've already confirmed to us he's alive, which I can't believe people were actually shocked to to realize he was alive. Like, did you really not think he was alive? Come I was kind of surprised at how many people genuinely seemed to think that that was us. <laughs> That would have been it for the show. So, so, but it's not. You know, like our brother, he watches the show and our sister-in-law and they really like it. You know, and he said to me, he's like, the kids are great and I really like them. But he's like, you know, you got to have Hopper. And it's totally. just, it's so true. You have to. So moving on, Hopper is, we love Hopper. But moving on, we'll move on to 11. And another, like I said, these top three that I've picked, I think have the the greatest character development of all of them. And all of them have good development, but I think they're particularly special. And Eleven, so Eleven is kind of almost, think of Wonder Woman, constantly a fish out of water, or yeah. Little Mermaid, which that she kind of, Patty Jenkins kind of copied, piggy banked off of on that. Right. And in this sense, even it's even more comedic. Because she was so isolated and had no one to talk to that speech is almost being learned throughout the show. Yeah. I mean, literally, like, she's learning everything. So from 11 from the first time you meet her to 11 at the end of season three is just like... It's night and day. Night and day. But yet you still have enough of that kind of innocence and... uh, And and asking questions and learning. makes 11 11. It does. And I think I think at the bottom line, I think Eleven will always be wicked literal. So yeah. like she's just that person. So that's always going to be part of her character, part of her her humor. And Eleven, I mean, there there's just so much to love there. And again, you love you love how she begins to develop this friendship. At first, with Mike, her and Mike always have the special connection. But as she de- begins to develop, even what is it season one when they those bullies. Uh, well, she saves them from the bullies, and they're like, that freak's our friend. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, something about, like, she's a girl, but she's our friend. <laughs> yeah. Like, th- their relationship, sweet. And then I loved, of course, she doesn't like Max in season two, but then they're blossoming. She's jealous, you know, about Mike. Yes, and, and she didn't even like Mike, but, but I mean, Max didn't. Yeah, Max didn't. And, Eleven definitely does. Yes, it, but, but, but Max and Eleven's blossoming friendship was fun to see in season three. Because, see, that's another thing. Like, after season two, I wanted to see that in season three, and they gave us that. And Because Ele- they're two awesome girls. They might yeah. as well be friends. Yeah, they are. And Eleven, you know, Joyce, and we'll get into Joyce in a minute. Joyce is kind of that motherly figure to her, even she from is. season three. Like, yes. the way she kind of holds her and comforts her, even in season one, there's just kind of that affection there. And, of course, you know, at the end of season three, she's living living with Joyce. Yes. So they have that. But I love what, let's be real, what makes Eleven so awesome? The first time we all saw Eleven do the, with the head and just necks, you know, cranking and, and twisting. And it was just such a cool concept. This like, maybe this she was kid. supposed to be 11 or 12 when the show started. Yeah. I'm thinking... And just that this little girl has these awesome powers. I mean, I just thought that was a great concept. Um, 
very kind of X-Man like in a way. I think they kind of pulled from stuff like that. Kind of Jedi like at times. And she's been, you know, she's been so hurt. And uh, when you see kind of her background and the flashes to in the lab, the lab, I mean, she was basically a lab rat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's heartbreaking. It is. Yeah. I, and she had that Papa. Ooh. Gosh, ooh. Papa was creepy. We, we all, want, we all wanted him to go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. But then quickly she gets kind of acclimated to being around people and trusting and, and, you know, friend or friends don't lie. Yes. You know, all that. And um, she's just, she quickly, quickly becomes very loyal friend. Uh, she'll do anything to help her friends. And once again, that goes back to the show's relationships. And that's part of what makes it so great. Yeah. And I mean, you see that and... Even, you know, to the very end of season one, you feel like you think she sacrifices herself for these friends. And, of yes. course, she, you know, just goes into the upside down. But she's willing to go that far to protect these people. And if you think about it, sadly, up until she formed a relationship with those friends, she really, she'd never had anybody that, like, really cared about her or loved her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so she was kind of willing to, she, I guess, appreciated that enough. It's like she was willing to put all the cards on the table to save their lives. You know, I just thought of it as we're talking. Someone that you've not seen interact that I would love to see because they're so opposite. Would you not love to see Mrs. Wheeler and Eleven interact? Yes. Because Mrs. Wheeler is so, you know, just kind of has energy and just kind of a girly. I love Mrs. Wheeler too. Just a very womanly woman, so to, for lack of better words. And Eleven's so stoic and, uh, like I said, very literal. I just could kind of see them not clashing, but you, it being humorous together. And you together. think they would, and maybe we'll see some of that in season four because, I mean, they are dating after all, her son and Eleven. Yeah. So you'd think they would, uh, you know, interact some or would have, but we, we, didn't, we haven't seen it thus far. Yeah, so I would like to see that. And I love... I love the powers that they eat. You know, eleven. There's so many awesome eleven scenes in season three. There's uh, there's some great ones in in one and then two. But season three, I feel like they really let her just show her powers off. And I love the powers. Like I can't get enough powers. Yeah. Like I've got a fever, and the only prescription, prescription is more of Eleven's powers. So <laughs> I really in eleven. I hope because you know she lost her powers, which yet again, guys. Clearly, they had her lose her power so she couldn't find Hopper. Definitely. So, That's what you know, I she's definitely going to get those powers back and she's going to know Hopper's alive. Um, I just hope she gets them at the end of the episode one. I hope they don't let us wait too long into the season before she gets them because I just want to see Eleven go full force on some Russians and some, you know, who's the enemy of season three, obviously. And probably season four, because they got to get Hopper from the Russians. Yes. And I just hope that she goes full force, even more powers, because I love Eleven's powers. So that's kind of our talk on Eleven. We'll move on. Again, these were my three that I think have the best character arcs and development thus far. And the third one is Steve. Because Steve, I could not stand Steve. I think many of us did not like Steve. Well, yeah, they made him a typical, you know, popular jerk. Uh, Doesn't really care about Nancy that much. Right. I I think... A little, but... I think he kind of did. But he cared more about his reputation and stuff like that. Right. And his pride. Yes. And, you know, we'll never forget the moment in season one. It's like... Just when I thought you could do anything stupid or, or dumber, then you go and totally redeem yourself. I mean, that's the kind of stuff I think audiences just love. Yeah, I mean, he goes from this jerk to fighting with them, and then you love this character. Like, love. Like, like St- I love Steve. And I love Steve, too. Who doesn't love Steve? 
And they just continue that with season two. And even, I think he handles the whole breakup graciously. And you just see him, even towards the, the very end of season one and certainly into season two, he, you just see him become a better person. Yeah. Like, it's like he's truly kind of seen the light that, okay, the way I was, it, it's not good and I want to be different. Yeah. And he really changes. And, I mean, Steve just wins people over. We see that with the character of Robin in season three. Like, she starts out not liking this guy, thinking he's a classic jerk. Dingus, so she calls yeah, him. Yeah, and then by the end of it, you can tell she has so much adoration for him and just really appreciates him as a friend. So I think Steve, and we all love, again, we love Steve and Dustin's team-ups yes. now, and when they saw each other for the first time in season three, it's very comedic. But uh, Steve is just... How many children are you friends with? <laughs> I mean, Steve's just a great character, and... Yeah, I mean, again, it's like I said, from season, from season one, episode one to the final of season three, totally different character. And right. that to me is a great, uh, when I say totally different character, still the same person, but they've changed so much. And that's just great character And once again, another member of the team that yes. is willing to do anything to help, to protect... Uh, you know, I love, I believe in season two with the demi-dogs. With the bat. The bat. I mean, there was no way he could have possibly gotten out of that if they hadn't been called back. But he was going to try to yeah. protect those kids. That's where he is, you know, Daddy Steve. And I mean, He's... poor Steve, he gets a beat down every single season. <laughs> It, so much so, it was so funny, Dustin in the third season, Steve, you finally won a fight. Yeah, because bless Steve's heart. It's I mean, like he every just, season. He just gets beat up every season. So maybe they can build off that in season four and he won't get beat up, but he'll beat someone up when he when they need Steve too. So, yes. so we'll see how that goes. But I love Steve. And actually, you know, before we talk, let's just kind of talk adults. We'll start with Joyce. Uh, Joyce and Joyce was a big part of drawing me into the show because yeah. it was Winona Ryder, and, and she's she, such a great actress. And she was the biggest uh, name when the show first started. Really, the only known name, yeah, was Winona Ryder, and she was such a great actress. So it was you know, and ever since her stealing situation had had not really been in stuff. So it was fun to see her in this. Yes, and you know, Joyce is just she's she's very lovable. She's a messy. You're kind of like. Uh, get your life together, Joyce. But you know, she's quirky. She's kind of an outsider to the, yes. to the people in town. I don't think people quite know what to make of her. Yeah. And then when all this happens, that just probably amps it up more that people are like, oh, there's crazy Joyce. Yeah. You know, but she's so lovable. And once again, such a good mom willing to, and I think as any, you know, truly good parent would, willing to go to the ends of the earth to her find kids. her son. Yes. yes. And that was touchy in season one. And that's that's why it's funny. In season one, you know, there's all the memes. In season one, it's all about find her son. And season two, it's about, you know, making sure her son's fine. In season three, it's all about the magnets. It's all about those magnets. <laughs> why but, are the magnets falling? Hey, but she figures it out. But, but yeah, she's a great character. And obviously, we all want to see her and Hopper get together. Yes, we and do. And we all know that's going to happen. Because Jopper like, all the way. Because as we said, the Duffer brothers give the fans what we want. Yes. So we know it's going to happen. It's heading that way. It'll get there. It will. I have full faith. Yes. And, well, I guess we'll just go on and keep talking about the the adults really quickly. We've already briefly talked about Mr. and Mrs. Wheeler. And, of course, Mr. Wheeler is just kind of there for comedic purposes. Yeah. But I've told Natalie, I've told you, uh, obviously, it would be so fun I think in season four, it's time for Mrs. Wheeler to be let in on what's going on. 
Like how and do they, how and do they, they so hint? I think in her character development of she's so even in her mishaps, like almost going to hook up with Billy. Uh, she, she's so hungry for some kind of excitement in her life. I think she's kind of portrayed as the housewife. Who needs more. Uh, she needs more. And this could be the more. Yeah, and would it not be hysterical? You guys let us know on Twitter. I think it would be hysterical if, like, she gets let in and somehow Mr. Wheeler, like, saves the day in a moment. Like That, that would, would be hilarious. That would be, like, we would lose it. Because he's been such just, like... He's just there. He's just so distant. Like, he's there, but he's not he's there. He's not there. And so I think that would be funny. But Mrs. Wheeler's just very lovable. and Another great mom. She is. And I love I loved her heart-to-heart with Nancy in season three. And then she always has, there's always one emotional hug between her and Mike in every season. He always goes back to his mother. <laughs> it's kind of like, of course, like, as mothers can, you know, she gets on his nerves. But it's like you notice when he's really upset. He wants to be in Mrs. Wheeler's arms. Yeah, he goes. He goes for that hug with his mom. So they're they're good. And then in season two, we got Murray, who Murray was very funny in season two. So they brought him back because people liked him. The Duffer Brothers listened. Apparently, Murray's hilarious. And season three, Murray was just he made it so much better. Like he he's so comedic that he made the show so much more comedic. Oh, definitely. I mean, Murray. Uh, what is it? Erica's like, what's your name? Or what does she say to him? Murray. Bauman. He's like, Murray, I'm Murray Bauman. I, I Why mean, is this four-year-old speaking to me? Yeah. Yeah. And then what was it? Project Bald Eagle? Because he's balding on his head. He's like, I hate kids. <laughs> but he's just such a great character. And I think I would say if I'm guessing. And he's kind of the love guru. He is. Yeah. He, with, with Nancy and Jonathan in season two. And then with, with Hopper and Joyce in season three. He is the love guru. He is in season one a little bit, isn't he? I don't think so. Okay. No, just season two. He comes okay. In. Okay. Yeah. Because because uh, Barb's parents have hired him to figure out what happened. Okay. So you meet him in season two, but yeah, he. I think in season four, I would say they will begin with Joyce and Murray really kind of being together, not together like that. I mean, figuring out what's going on with Hopper. Right. And I'd say they'll be in scenes a lot together in season three until they find Hopper and they all get together. Well, and I think they made that clear if you're a big fan and you called the number. Yes, that somehow yes. got, you know, to call the number and it's uh, Murray leaving the voicemail. the voicemail in Joyce's machine. Or no, no, if, if she called him, but he'd left a voicemail for her to, like, for her. Yeah, like, please yes. call me. I think he says it's about... It's about Jim. Yeah, it's about Jim. Yeah, so I think they'll they'll kind of be figuring things out together at the beginning of season four, which will be exciting because who doesn't love Murray? But so then we'll move on to the kids, and we'll you can just kind of we'll discuss them kind of clumped in together. Uh, we've got Mike, Dustin, Lucas, and Will, and in the in season one, Mike was kind of that main kid because of his relationship with Eleven, but then Dustin's so funny, and. And adorable. And adorable. And Lucas was the one who, like, he... and he, you, he was very skeptical. And you understand why he was skeptical. Yeah, and at first I thought, gosh, he's really harsh on her. But my brother, our brother was actually the one that pointed out, he's like, but you could kind of understand yeah. like, why he would be so skeptical. But Lucas, of course, Dustin's just hysterical. But Lucas has become one of my favorites. Yeah, Because too. I feel like he, he went... Natalie and I have talked about, I'm a reactor, she's a freezer. I feel like Lucas is always ready to react, like whether it's a slingshot 
or grabbing something to hit something. Like, he, he plays a vital role with these kids. Like, he, he's needed. So Lucas has become kind of that steady one that he's I one really like. He's one of the like. most well-rounded characters. He is. Like, he he's... I, Lucas, like I said, Dustin and Lucas are kind of my two faves. Even yeah. though... I, it's hard to pick a fave because Mike, Will, they're, they're all great. Yeah, they're all great. You know, I love Mike. I love how he loves Eleven. Yeah. Um, and then... And we... I, but, but I understood why Hop was really annoyed with Mike in season three. <laughs> she, she was annoyed, you know, with the kissing and all that. Well, no, I was annoyed. Like, you understood where Hopper was coming yeah, from. Yeah, that's true. As a parent, it'd be like, go. Yeah. So, <laughs> keep keep the door open three inches. Right. <laughs> but but anyways, you're saying um, about Mike. Well, and about Will. I think, you know, he probably didn't even get enough credit. I think His some acting. people did. His acting in season two was really amazing. It I mean, truly considering was. how young he still is and was when they were doing that, I mean, he did an incredible job basically being possessed by this oh the whole entity. all of him being in the hospital or them having him tied up and where he is like trying to deceive them because he's taken over by the mind player I mean, he really incredible acting he really deserved an award for that in my opinion he really did or his seizure that he fa- you know yes. kind of had to act out in season two yeah will's done an incredible job i mean like i said it's hard to even pick out of the kids because they're also they're just such great characters and Dustin, I mean, Dustin, Dustin's just funny. He's just a funny character. And I actually read uh, that they, like, um, what is it? When you try out to be a... Oh, yeah. But they did Audition. so many thousands of kids. You and know, found So them. many thousands of auditions because they wanted something, you know, that felt very authentic. And it's like they definitely, that paid off because they found the right characters. They, they found did. the right actors and actresses. They did. And, yeah, they're just all great. And, and continuing... This show, again, it's so good with characters that it can seamlessly add characters, whether it's Murray or Max, who, you know... And somehow they'll jump right in and fit. Yes, and Max, uh, by the end, you know, you're kind of getting to know her in season two, and then I really, really like her in season three. So, I mean, that's a great character. And then Billy, they give him great, tremendous character development. Yes. And you see him as this jerk, and then you see he's, you know, he's got an abusive father. Right. And in this season... Which I really like them doing, because I'm kind of big on don't make the, like... Oh, I'm just a bad guy because I'm just... Uh, there's very few people in life really that way. There's usually a reason behind your behavior. And so I thought that was great of them to give that little sneak peek into his home life. Yes, and they give a little more in season three when she's in his mind kind of thing. And, you know, it's to, they do such a great job to the point you are sad when Billy dies. But I was very sad. But he has this moment where he comes back and he saves Eleven. And it is, it's emotional. But that's the character development they do on the show. From you going from like, wow, this is a crazy jerk to, oh gosh, this is sad that he died. So, I mean, they, they do a great job with, with Billy. Uh, and that actor, him and Eleven had some incredible moments together in season three. I thought his acting was just, especially in the sauna scene or the scene where he has that dialogue, I'm going to kill you and then I'm going to kill your friends. Like, he just has so many great moments. And it was just so incredibly acted the way he did that, that he conveys that sort of scariness. But then it's like you're seeing the the Billy that's still inside. He's got a tear going down his cheek while he's saying it. It's almost like that's him on the inside, like... I don't really want to be this, I, but but I can't help it. And it's just, he just did an incredible job of kind of being two people in one in that scene. Yeah, yeah. He, he does an incredible job. And then, uh, you know, continuing, 
You have Erica and Robin that seamlessly come in. Erica in season two, and she's even as this very little kid is very funny. And then you have you can't Robin. have America without Erica. Yeah, and then you have uh, Robin come in in season three. And it just works. And and the groupings in season three to me work so well that they did. And, I mean, each character, you know, I want to see more of Eric and Robin, which I'm sure we will in season four. Um, But, yeah, the characters, you just can't say enough about them. They're just so lovable, and it's what makes the show so great. But we'll move in. So do you have a best, What and we'll ask this on Twitter, too. Uh, what is your favorite? The monsters. Each season had a monster. You had the Demi, the Demi Gordon. Gor- I can't say that right now. In season one, you had the Demi Dogs of season two, and you had, well, and the Mind Flare. But really, yeah. the Demi Dogs were the ones. Or the main kind of in the physical. Yeah, but- and then you had the Mind Flare in the flesh, who literally took people's flesh <laughs> in season three. So, do you have a, a, a favorite? I actually. You know, it's been so long since I've watched season one. Now, that thing was terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, the kind of faceless. And now, I know that's been done in other things, but it was my first time kind of seeing a creature like that. Uh, it, and it was effectively quite creepy. Yeah. And But there was something just so intimidating about those demi-dogs in season two. Well, and that's going to move in. I have something to say about the demi-dogs. It's hard to pick because... How big the creature got in season three, you're like, how are they going to take this thing down? I yeah, mean, I mean, it's the most daunting, I guess. It but is. it was like those dogs were just like, you know, the, just ravenous. They like. were. Uh, and that's what I was going to say. Talk about favorite scenes or favorite episodes so you can bring up anything. Um, I'll, we'll start with favorite episodes. I said this on our Mandalorian one. One of my favorite, if not my favorite episode of all of television. I mean that. All of television. Pulling from anything. It's a big claim, Shelly. It's a big claim. But see, but Stranger Things season two, and I believe it's episode, it's the one after The Lost Sister. So yes. episode eight. And it begins where, uh, where Hopper's down at the bottom of Hawkins' lab and he hears something coming and the demi-dogs are coming up from the ground. Oh gosh, this is the suspense it creates. You're like, and I remember so much of season two, um, I literally, there are moments you're just like, like, you know, and the scene with Bob, rest of soul. Yeah. I mean, but you're just like, no, no. You know, but that's what's great about the show. Like that it can create that just sitting in your house, like all these emotions and stuff that it creates. But that episode, it almost has elements of Jurassic Park in it. Yeah, Like with the kids being in the kitchen trying to get out from these uh, velociraptors. Like there's so many... But that whole, because that episode kind of does cross over into horror. It does. And it, it was, I love that, but it's so intense and I love it. So and intense. that's why the Lost Sister, I think we don't like because episode, the episode before the Lost Sister. I, I will say though, I think that it had redemptive qualities. It had things like Eleven kind of figuring out who she really yeah. is. I, I think it had some saving grace I know, to it. I'm telling you though, why I think people didn't like it. But it was so, it was so out of Hawkins and we didn't know these characters and I get why people weren't. Well, here's why I'm saying. Because it splits this incredible episode. Yeah, like they, you, you end on a cliffhanger. The acting where Will finally, I think, kind of comes back to himself and Mike realizes this is a trap. Like like he begins to alert people. And then that's when you hear the dogs like howling and Hopper begins to kind of look down and then it splits and then we go to the Lost Sister. Yeah. But, but if you put those two... It's episodes, like, no, take us back to the action. So if you move the Lost Sister out of the way, you have that incredible moment leading into this incredible episode, which sadly ends with Bob dying. But I mean, it's just, that's one of my favorite episodes in all of television. 
And do you have any particulars that you love? Is that one of your favorites? Uh, okay, I love, yes. I I mean, I hate to always say I love the last episode. Oh, time out. And that episode ends with Eleven coming back. I mean, that whole episode yes. is just awesome. Because she saves the day. Continue. Basically, the last two episodes of season one. Yeah. The last two oh, episodes yes. of season two. Um, and I loved most of season three. I mean, I love yeah. all of them. But I'm saying it was like season three. I think she pointed out when we were watching season three. It kind of gets right to the action faster than some of the previous seasons. It's like... What'd you say? By maybe well, about episode four, well, you're like in it. You are, but what I was saying, what I said about season three, because it's hard to break down. We will in a minute. I'll rank my seasons, but season three has more incredible moments. Where season four, you know, episode four, the sauna moment. Episode five, the hospital scene. It just keeps going of all these incredible, awesome scenes, and that's what I was gonna say. As far as favorite scenes, uh, one of my favorite scenes is the sauna scene. With an That's episode a great scene. in season uh, three between Once Billy's again, acting. Billy trapped inside of this thing. Yes, and then that coming out, and he has that strength from uh, the mind flare or whatever, because he's been slayed or flayed, whatever they say. And, you know, Eleven using her powers, and it's just an incredible season. And then the hospital sequence yes. where she comes in and begins throwing the, the thing all the way around the room. That was pretty epic. I mean, those are, that was epic. Like, it's incredible scenes. Um, any scenes that stand out to you? Uh, well, a lot of the ones you're talking about, I love some of the emotional moments. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm an emotional person. I love, I, I'm, I love when it just gets awesome <laughs> as far as action and everything like that. And I will say, you know, and it might get cheesy after a while, but it does tend to be those end episodes that the whole gang gets together. Yes. And, you know, I love when they're kind of literally like in a, in a circle and they each have their weapon and they're just like, come on, let's take this thing. You know, let's do this. And I mean, some are kids, you know, yeah. but it's just like, that's what makes it fun. You know, and, and at this point, we have faith they're going to conquer. Yeah. And, and this show, it's really, and I think especially since Hop did not die, I told Natalie, this show has gotten silly to the extent, the fact that Ro that Robin and Steve survived the Russian base, um, this is a show, none of the main characters need to die. Like, you've kind of gone. No, and you've gone and this far. You've gone in more of this slightly silly route that we don't need anyone to die. So no. let's just keep it that way. Um, we won't be happy about that. No, but there's just so many incredible seasons and kind of the way that the show goes. I think we all know kind of the way it goes at this point. It goes like this. In the first there is a formula. There's a formula. In the first few episodes, there's usually three a different... mystery laid out. Well, there's three different groups, groupings of characters, and each one is getting a piece of the puzzle. And then somewhere by mid-season, two of the groups come together and, and put their piece of the puzzle. And then by the end, all three come Last together. Last act, they're all going to... They all have... And now they have the whole puzzle. Yes. And that's kind of how Stranger Things goes. Um, but is there anything else, as we kind of close up, is there anything you want to say? We'll, we'll give our... What we think about season four. But is there anything else that you want to say as far as... Oh, also, I just love... Again, I love practical effects... So I yeah. love how much this show is shot. Uh, it's shot in Atlanta. In fact, it's funny. Hawkins Lab is, it's about three minutes from, or three miles from where I lived. And Starcourt Mall is about five minutes from where I worked. <laughs> we've so, been, and we've been there too. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, a, they shoot all over Atlanta, literally all over different places. And to the high school, we went and saw that. That yes. was pretty cool. They still had Hawkins up on it. Yeah. So I just love all the practical, they're, they're, 
on location, shooting the, this show. It just adds to the feel that they're able to create, in my opinion. So, it does. So I love that. Oh, we went and saw, uh, just story time, Mike's house, Dustin's yes. house. We were able to find those houses. We, could, we couldn't find Lucas's, and we tried. Yeah, it's somewhere it right there. in a similar area. And it yeah. is a very authentically 80s neighborhood. Like, it is. Well kept. It's, it's neat. Yeah. We, uh, apparently, the house, though, for... The Myers, they don't like to be known where they are, so no one knows can find that house. But, <laughs> but, but it is, it's just a great show. And anything else you want to say about it before we kind of wrap up with what we think will happen? I think I'm good. All right. So we'll give just briefly what we think is going to happen in season four. And I'm going to say, I think that Elle's going to get her powers back by about the end. Okay. Murray and Joyce are going to put things together separately. While uh, Eleven begins to get her powers back and not tell anyone or or not tell the adults, and they'll begin to piece things together like it always happens. But I think this season actually will be interesting because will they go get Hopper mid-season or the end of the season? It's set up potentially to be more different than what we've seen thus far. It is, and and they've already got the advertisement. We're not in Hawkins anymore, so it'll be interesting to see. Will they go through, uh, you know, how are they going to get to Russia? Are they going to go through a gate? Is Eleven going to create a gate to go through? Um, It's just, there's some interesting things. But obviously, they're going to get hot back. Obviously, Joyce and Hopper are going to get a date. And they're going to finally meet at Enzo's. But I, yes, they are. But I am, I'm really calling, maybe, maybe this is not going to happen. I think this is the season Mrs. Wheeler finally gets on in on some of the action. Michelle and I want that. I really want that. And I want Mr. Wheeler to somehow do something save the day. Totally <laughs> redeem himself. Yeah, that that would be that would be very humorous. So not that he's a bad guy. He's just Yeah, he's just kinda out there. <laughs> just kinda there, but not there, like we said. Yeah, so uh I, I that we'll see. And I think I'm really hoping I th- hope they get a fifth and final season. Because I think good shows get five to six seasons. It's kind of the sweet spot of great TV shows. So I am just so excited. They've already given us that little just teaser where we see Hoppers alive in Russia. So I'm so excited to see what happens in this next this next season and see these characters we love so much again. Um, I'm so I'm so already ready. I was ready yesterday. Yeah, uh, and it's probably going to be a while. Yeah, because I think they're just about to ramp up now shooting because they were on set and the pandemic broke loose and they couldn't film. So hopefully they get this going and we can get that in 2022. Yes, <laughs> or no, no, 2021. Yes. I mean, surely you think they could, so we'll, we'll see what they can do. But but I'm hoping they get that done. But any final thoughts? Or is that are we good? I think we've talked a while. I think think we're all minds are clear. I think we're good. And if for by any chance you have not checked out the show, check it out. What are you waiting for? Yeah, what are you waiting for? Check out Stranger Things. Well, that is it for this episode of Force Light Entertainment, and we want to thank Podcorn again for uh, sponsoring this episode. Check them out if you have it. And we appreciate you all for joining the conversation. Encourage you to check us out some of our previous episodes if you have it. And, you know, be look be on the lookout for new episodes every Sunday evening. And if you want to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. I am Natalie R. Grace on Twitter and NatLovesBella07 on Instagram. And we have a Force of Light uh, Twitter and Instagram account. And I am Michelle34Smith on each also. 
And you can also email us, email us any suggestions, anything you want to talk about, anything that you have to say about this episode. Email us at forceoflightmedia at gmail.com. But we appreciate you all. And again, join the conversation. And next time, let's talk some more movies. And I want to say, this is our first YouTube video. So if you'd like, we'd love if you would like, give us a thumbs up and subscribe. Yes, definitely do that. And we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. See, and I think on you.